episode 410 of Global from Asia. We're talking about India. I'm walking around in KL. Let's do this. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Austin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Malaysia. Yeah, we're at the Nomad Capitalist Live. No video inside. Beautiful so, uh, view today. Amazing, so. right? Yeah, amazing. I've been to KL like one time before, I think, with my wife. We're considering moving here, but we picked Thailand over KL, Malaysia. But yeah, today's show, we're going into India. We had a great webinar, masterclass with Megla and Mark from indiasourcing.net. And they give us some great value about buying from factories in India and sourcing and logistics. And of course, they have an amazing trip they're doing in October, which would be great if you can make it, support them, and to get some experience in the on the ground in India. So let's tune into the show. All right, we have Tommy, the sales manager at Cross Better Logistics. How are you, Tommy? Hi, how are you? We just got to meet here in Shenzhen, China. It's great. Uh, they support the show at Global From Asia, and we also use them ourselves for many of our brands and e-commerce businesses. And Tommy really cares. They always are uh, trying to help us save money. You know, not you have some products you keep for us in China. You have some products you keep for us in the U.S. warehouse, and uh, I really appreciate that. And you'll, you can talk to this seller, right? You can give them your advice. You work with many Chinese sellers a lot, right? And uh, you can help um, help the sellers understand more. Yeah, we are very professional for the shipment to USA and Canada. Also, we have warehouse in USA and Canada. We can have our uh, factories, suppliers, sellers for the shipment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For yes. the e-commerce business. Yep, and you even keep stuff in China too. So sometimes if you have the limitations of sending too much to Amazon, you can keep it here in China with, with uh, Cross Better, or you can send of course to the US warehouse. They have many different options and they're always trying their best to find, uh, find out what's the best solution for you. So yeah. definitely talk to Tommy, talk to Cross Better, and thank you for your uh, support of the community. Yes, we have good pricing and better service. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. This is a very international webinar. People, you know, our, <laughs> our, our stage is full of people from around the world or Asia. And thank you all for tuning in to a Global From Asia webinar. We're going into India sourcing today with my friend Megla and also Margaret from India Sourcing Network. Thank you so much for making it today. Thank you so much for inviting us, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, India is a hot topic. I, you know, with Megala, we, I was actually just chatting to someone yesterday or, you know, last week, and I think maybe they're hopefully getting in contact with you. I mean, more and more people are looking for India, looking for also, you know, other alternatives to, 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 to mainland China. And I'm, I'm really excited for your, your sharing today. We'll also have time for some Q&A after, but I know you've prepared some slides, but maybe before we get into it, do you want to introduce yourselves a little bit more and then start? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Megla Pardwaj, and I've been in the Asia sourcing industry for over 20 years. I started my career in India, then went to the Philippines. I was in China for 10 years, and that's where I met Mike. 
Yeah. <laughs> then I was in Singapore for seven years and then I moved back to India just last year because there's just so much opportunity and there's so much potential in terms of, you know, sourcing from India. So we, you know, Mark, Kevin, a, a third partner, Kevin, and Mark and I, we run India Sourcing Network and we also run India Sourcing Trip where we help people source products from India. So that business was growing. And so I thought, okay, let me move back to India to manage the business and to grow it because this seems wow. like really a once in a lifetime, you know, opportunity to do something that's, that's very different. So here we are now. <laughs> Yeah, which which part of India are you in? I'm in Delhi. Delhi, okay, nice. Yeah, which is a that's really great. Yeah. Okay, so it's Marge. I, I, I or Marge, yeah. Marge. Oh, Marg. I usually get Marge. Marg. When, when I was naughty as a child, I got Margaret. So I always. Oh, that's the naughty. Yes, no, look, I've actually been selling uh, on Amazon since 2017. I originally started off in China and sort of my world changed because on the way to Canton Fair, I stumbled across an Indian supplier at the one of the fairs in Hong Kong. And uh, from then on, the rest is history. I met Megla, or she called us and said, do I want to come and join her on an India sourcing trip? And you know, Kevin and I have joined with her and spend lots of time going back and forth to India and working right. on India Sourcing Network and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, Amazing, amazing. So happy to have you here. And uh, so I think you've prepared some great content for us. I don't know if you want to get into that. I, I'll hang out here too and uh, help if I can. Absolutely. Let's get started. So we've got some slides. We'll go over these slides for about 30 minutes. And then we've got plenty of time for Q&A as well. So let's get right into it. So the topics that we're going to be covering today is, first of all, why should you consider sourcing from India? Some of the differences between China and India, what types of products you can source. And then we'll also talk about our upcoming sourcing trip to India, which happens in October. So introductions, we've already done this. Let's get straight into the first topic, which is why you should consider sourcing from India. So the number one reason why Amazon e-commerce sellers should consider buying products from India is because there are so many different unique products that are available in India that are not available in other countries. So there are, for example, a ton of handcrafted products that are made in different production hubs. And these handcrafted products are very unique to India because these are skills that have been passed down from one generation to another. And there are skilled artisans that produce these kinds of products. So they mostly use natural materials like wood, glass, metal, marble, you know, those types of products. And what has happened is that there are a lot of these artisans that are based in these cities. But of course, these artisans are not that well educated. They're good at their craft, but they don't really understand how to export and what the trends are in export markets. So there are manufacturers that have set up factories. And they understand, you know, they go to the U.S. and Europe and they exhibit at trade shows and they, they talk to buyers and they understand what types of products are required in overseas markets. And then they leverage the skills of these artisans to produce those kinds of products that are in demand in the U.S. So it's sort of, you know, also scalable in that way, because if you just, you know, buy products from, say, artisans, maybe that's not scalable and you need some sort of, you know, professionalism and, and quality control as well. So these manufacturers, you know, have set up factories and they leverage the skills of these artisans. 
Another advantage is low MOQs. Now, when you're mostly sourcing from China, the MOQs can be high. But in India, because a lot of these products are handmade, the MOQs are much lower. So typically for these kinds of products, the MOQ ranges from you know, 200 to 500 pieces. And suppliers also have something that is known as MOV, which is minimum order value. So they can say that, okay, place an order worth, let's say, $5,000. And you can mix and match SKUs and you can have maybe, you know, four or five different SKUs. And that allows you to test different SKUs without really investing a ton of money in one specific SKU. The third advantage is English speaking. So most suppliers that you deal with will speak English. And that is a big advantage because communication becomes so much easier. You can just pick up the phone, have a conversation with them, get on a WhatsApp call, get on a Zoom call. It just becomes much easier and there's less that's lost in translation. We also have, there, there are no tariffs. So if you are importing from the U.S., importing from China into the U.S., there are, of course, additional tariffs that are imposed on a lot of different categories, but there are no additional tariffs from India. The normal import duties are about 2 to 8%, and for some garments, they may be higher. But generally, the types of products that Amazon e-commerce sellers are sourcing, the duties range from 2 to you know, four to eight percent maximum. Eco-friendly products. So if you are in this category, then India is a really good place to source eco-friendly products because there is so much focus on natural materials, sustainability, and producing eco-friendly products. There are a lot of companies that are experimenting with new materials. For example, there are some companies that produce plant-based um, materials. For example, um, you know, cactus material or banana fabrics made out of banana fibers. Um, and so these types of innovative materials are, of course, still not mass produced. And so the pricing may be slightly higher than regular products. But there is a niche market for these kinds of, you know, eco-friendly materials. And increasingly, adoption of these kinds of materials is going to increase, you know, in, in overseas markets for sure. And then there's other materials like jute, Cotton, India is really, really uh, very competitive in cotton, especially organic cotton. And we'll show you some of the other eco-friendly materials in subsequent slides as well. Lower labor costs. Now, this is a big advantage, especially if your product is uh, labor intensive, because currently labor costs in India are much lower than they are in China. And I'm just going to uh, move a couple of slides here so that you can see this, the comparison. So if you see, this is 2010 to 2020. In China, labor costs in 2020 were 360 US dollars per month, whereas in India, it's 175 US dollars per month. So that's a significant difference over there. So if your product does require labor, labor you know, work, then it is definitely more advantageous. You can get better prices in India. Of course, that also depends on material availability and you know, supply chain, and there are a lot of different factors. But in general, you can get better prices. And I'll also show you this one comparison that was done. So this is a labor cost comparison that was done on bags. And so if in China, the production cost was zero, in Vietnam, it was minus 11%, and in India, it was minus 37%. Now, this is done for bags, which is, of course, very labor intensive. It requires cutting and stitching and sewing and you know putting on the accessories and all. So these kinds of products are very competitively priced in India. There are a lot of emerging industries as well, for example, electronics and toys. So one of the advantages of you know, China is that you can practically buy anything and everything. You know, in China, they say it's not a matter of 
if a product is available, it's a matter of how much is it available for because they manufacture everything. And China is going to remain the main production hub for uh, the world for quite a few years. But, you know, there are other production hubs and gradually China is going to, you know, uh, other countries are going to take market share from China for specific categories. So currently for electronics, China is the only production hub. Vietnam is coming up where a lot of the big companies are setting up factories and India is coming up as well. There are a lot of, again, bigger MNCs like Samsung, Apple, who have set up factories in India. And gradually the supply chain will grow. And once the supply chain grows and matures, then there are going to be other OEM type manufacturers that produce products like, you know, power banks and headphones and things like that, consumer electronics. So that is an industry that will definitely grow in the next uh, couple of years. Mark, is there anything you want to add over here before we move to the next slide? No, I think we'll cover the rest of the products and things as we go through. I think we've you've done fairly well, Michaela. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. So let's just talk about some of the differences between India and China. So as I said, India mostly does a lot of unique handmade products. Of course, there are other types of products too. There's, you know, apparel. India is huge with apparel. Uh, there's leather products and there's a lot of uh, cosmetics and natural products, natural uh, you know, herbs, food items, a lot of different products, but handmade products, we've seen Amazon and e-commerce sellers have a lot of success with these types of products. China specializes in mass-produced products generally. Low MOQ in India, higher MOQ in China mostly. More respect for IP. So if you're sourcing from China, you know that it's very hard to protect your designs, right? You can have your NNN agreements and you can do whatever you want to, but if a supplier really likes your product and if there is demand for your product in the market, then sooner or later, your product will be copied by either your supplier or somebody else. Um, and, you know, they will start selling it directly on Amazon. And that's mainly because a lot of suppliers in China are selling directly on Amazon. Um, but in India, currently, most factories that you work with they would still prefer to do B2B. They would not like to do B2C. And so they're not selling directly on Amazon. So that is one big advantage. And generally we find that suppliers in India have more respect for buyers IP. For example, you know, we do a lot of interviews with suppliers in our Facebook group. And they would, when, when they walk around their showrooms, for example, they would not show us products from their buyers. They would say that, okay, you know, we have removed products from our for from our buyers from the showroom, etc. So generally, more respect for IP. There were labor and production costs. That's something that we talked about in China. Production costs have been increasing over the last couple of years, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of companies, especially companies that you know make products that are labor intensive, for example, garments, shoes, those types of companies have been moving out from China to other low cost production hubs such as you know, Vietnam, Sri Lanka, India. And in fact, the Chinese government themselves, they want China to move up the value chain and produce more high value products. And they want to let go of the low end production to other countries. No tariffs while importing from the US, but high tariffs from the US in China. Fewer product categories. Now this is a con when sourcing from India. Um, whereas in China, you can source anything and everything. In India, there are specific categories and we'll cover those in a, in a bit over here. 
Now, it's not very easy to find factories online in India, and that's a challenge. And that's why, you know, we have launched all of these services and sourcing trips and our own platform to help people find, identify suppliers. Whereas in China, most factories are online, especially on Alibaba. And you can just, you know, go online, find them. There's Canton Fair that a lot of people visit as well, where there are lots of you know, suppliers that exhibit. But India does have a fair, and we'll talk about that later. But in general, Indian suppliers are not very good at maintaining their online presence. Now, we have a, a B2B sourcing directory, indiasourcing.net, where you can find vetted suppliers. In fact, Alibaba and Global Sources, which are the other two main export-focused directories, they also have suppliers from India on their platforms. But of course, there are very few. 90% of the suppliers on their platforms are Chinese. So if you do want to search for Indian suppliers on those platforms, you can do a search and then use the country location filter to find suppliers from there. There's not much information available online about how to source from India. So, you know, we're really the only group out there talking about sourcing from India because it's just so, you know, new and people have not ventured into India yet. So it's, it's, there's not a lot of information available, whereas, you know, for China, there's so many blogs and tutorials and experts that really talk about sourcing from China. So that is an advantage, I feel, for the, for the more bolder people out there, bolder entrepreneurs who would, you know, want to go travel to India or try to source products from India. You know, the, not everybody knows how to source products from India. So the people in this room are the ones who have an advantage over everybody else who's not in this room. <laughs> Mark, do you want to add anything over here? Look, I just think until we show people the products, there's just the products are just so different and so unique. Like I remember being at Canton and you walking down an aisle and there's just, you know, the same, same product for a whole row, whereas when you get to the Delhi Fair, which we do on our trip, Virtually every stall is different. It might be a plant pot, but it's made out of different material, different spins on it. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is that it doesn't matter what you go to make, nearly every factory has a different look, but just the way they produce it. And that is, I think, so good to have something that you don't get copied. And I can say even I've been selling the same products on Amazon for seven years and I virtually have got nobody selling identically what I sell. They sell the same types of products, but it doesn't look the same. So I think that's, you know, a great advantage that you stand out as unique. Okay. Let's go to the next section. Okay, we're going to be talking about products. All right, Mark, this is over to you. Okay. Yep, no problem. So, yeah, like we uh, actually decided at the Daily Fair to call um, a lot of products Amazonable because we find a lot of products are probably not ideal for Amazon that we see at the fair, the bigger furniture and things like that. So the main products, the main things I think that help Amazon sellers would be the home decor and gift section. And there are some fantastic products. They're made out of metal, wood, ceramic, jute, cotton and glass and what they also do really well in all these is a lot of mixed materials in the product so you might get a wooden tray that's got perhaps a resin section down the middle it might have you know the timber on each side and then it's got some really beautifully handcrafted wooden um, metal handles or something like that so you get a lot of really good mixed materials because it's not so mass produced you get um, a, a bigger variety in the products there's a lot of kitchen and tableware as well 
furniture now there is some really beautiful large if you want to do furniture for you know not off amazon type products onto you know into a retail or something like that there are some fantastic beautiful handcrafted furniture pieces there's a lot of soft furnishings like cushion covers rugs things like that pet products are really big and they're made like bowls bedding toys and you know you get things made out of wood you out of resin out of metal so there's quite a variety of pet products fashion jewelry that the amount of jewelry accessories are beautiful a lot of precious stones and a lot of once again very unique and different products and footwear you get a lot of like sports shoes as well as just normal leather type shoes coming out of india that's a really big area textiles and apparel one of as megla said um they're very big on cotton and organic cotton is is huge in india and you also get things that are made out of denim wool and silk we've got all the organic cotton there and there's a lot of eco-friendly products now the as well as the products themselves being eco-friendly, you find a lot of the factories actually have solar panels or, you know, produce different ways of producing the products to make them more sustainable. Leather, there is really nice leather. I think the leather you can get there, you can get either leather for things like equestrian type products or which is a harder leather, or you can get some beautiful soft leather that would make, you know, lovely wallets and bags and things like that. And they're very big on superfoods. There's tea, coffee and spices, uh, and there's a lot of big plantations. If you're really adventurous, you can go off um, out of uh, Delhi and, and go in and see a coffee or a tea plantation, which we've had on our bucket list, but we haven't got there yet. We need a few more uh, trips to India to get through everything we want to do. Next slide, Medla. Okay, as you can see here, these are some of the beautiful fabrics that you um, can have made. Now, there are things like block printing, you get um, hand loom products, some jacquard, and I, my favourite one is there is the, the one in the middle at the bottom. I think that is just so stunning. It's just so different. They're not products that you're going to see anywhere else, I don't think, in the world. So I think um, if you want something unique in the, in the material, but, of course, something you've got to bear in mind, if you start producing these types of prints, quite often there is a large MOQ because of the, you know, uniqueness of them, depending on which, you know, choose if it's block printing, it's not so bad, but if it's something that um, is a little bit more intensive, it may take a little bit more of an MOQ with those. Next slide, please, Megla. I'll, I'll hand this one over to you, Megla, because she knows her districts much better and can say the words better than I can. Right. So this is a map that shows all of the different types of fabrics that are available in India. And as you can see, each state really specializes in a different technique, a different type of fabric. And this is very unique to India. And if you're creative, you can use these fabrics on different types of products. And of course, the prints, you know, over here, you'll see there are more Asian Indian kind of prints, but you can use you can customize the fabrics You can customize the prints to whatever is you know popular in your specific market So just to give you some examples here in West India, there's a lot of tie-and-dye there's um, Mirror work that's done on certain fabrics over here in the north. There's embroidery So this is called chicken curry and it's mostly done on very light colored cotton fabrics and the embroidery is done in white thread. So this is a very unique thing in, in India. And you can usually, you know, this is used for apparel and Indian wear, but you can also use this for, you know, shirts or um, 
you know, dresses. It looks really beautiful as well. In the north over here at the top in Kashmir, there's mostly uh, woolen items. There's shawls. Pashmina, of course, is very popular from here. And there are other types of, you know, shawls and woolen items. In the south, it's mostly silk. So typically, most of the products made in the South are saris or other types of silk materials. But you can also do, you know, silk bedsheets, silk fabrics for dresses or other types of apparel. And then in the Northeast, there's also different types of very unique uh, fabrics that have, you know, different unique designs. So there's a lot of variety available in terms of the fabrics. And many of these fabrics are hand woven. So that is also a uniqueness that is, you know, a unique, unique aspect of these textiles because, I mean, of course, there are machine made and they're digitally, digitally printed as well, but some of the more handloom kind of materials, you know, they are very unique and they, they're, they're also lower MOQs if you source these handloom products as compared to machine made or machine or, or mill textiles. Mark, over to you. Okay. Yeah, now this is probably one of our favourite uh product lines I think is the eco-friendly products and you'll see these are like sustainable materials and they're made of cork the one on the left with the hand on it that's actually a wallet made out of cork with some printing on it and Meg looking at Tanta that she has actually got a bag and a wallet made out of that she's in love with it and it's absolutely (laughs) beautiful and is wearing really well and there's also like pineapple fibres cactus leather and like gets the the hand the one on the top with the marble finish that's actually cork as well without any printing on it so you can see these are something that's completely different that you won't find in a lot of places and obviously these are a little bit more high-end cost they're not uh, what you're going to you know pick up really cheaply but they are beautiful and something if you want to start a a completely different line and in the eco-friendly it's the way to go instead of using like faux leather or something like that next slide please Megla Now, these are some more um, eco-friendly products, which are obviously, with the way the world's moving, becoming um, more and more popular. So there's areca um, leaves or sugarcane waste disposable dinner plates. And obviously now people are moving into with the cutlery and things like that. It's becoming more popular with restaurants banning plastic um, cutlery and things. So there's a lot of opportunity if you're looking for eco-friendly products to get those from India. Next slide. Okay, these are rugs. Now, what it is, if you see on the left-hand slide, you'll see all the actual um, plastic bottles with their lids still on them, and they are actually made into rugs or they're made into a fibre first and then the rugs or the bags are actually woven. So that aquary mat you see in the middle, it's when you think of it being made out of plastic, you expect it to be really hard and tough, but they are actually very soft and you really wouldn't know that they're made out of plastic. And they also do lots of bags and other products from the PETA bottles. There's also some beautiful jute um, bags there. And uh, there's you'll see there also there's a factory with um, all the solar panels on the roof, um, and that's where they're, they're producing organic cotton in those factories. Next slide, please, Megla. Uh, metal products. Now, there's just so many amazing and different styles of metal products um, that I think I've seen anywhere. You'll see there's some wall decor there on the left. There's uh, vases, serving plates, 
there's a lot of urns. They're a very popular item from India is in both wood and in the metal. You'll find a lot of great urns with some beautiful designs on them. There's a lot of flatware and tableware all made out of metal. And I think there's a lot of hand-beaten copper and sort of things like that made out of the metal as well. So there's just so many different products in metal that you know, you could, I could go on forever how many beautiful products there are to see. So I think it, until you get there and go around the fair, you can't really even imagine and you'd never see what's available online. So next slide, please, Megla. Now, wooden products. Wooden in India, you get mainly the two most popular are acacia wood or mango wood. Now, mango wood is something that is um, traditionally from India, made from mango trees. So that's once again and a very sustainable product because um, instead of, you know, killing trees that have been growing for 100 years, mango trees only have a lifespan of about 15 years. Once they stop producing the fruit, then the trees are used to actually make the mango wood. And that's the photo virtually in the middle and you'll see it's slightly different. It's more, I suppose, lighter with some different colour grains in the, yeah, Megla's pointing to it there now, whereas the one on the right is the acacia wood, and that's actually uh, a mixed material there. That's um, a, a tray done with resin as well or the hand, and the handle on the knife. And then as well, you just can get so many things made out of wood. Once again, because a lot of it's handmade, it's all very different and very unique, and I think you'll find... There's so many products made out of wood that you won't see in China. The only thing you don't get is a bamboo like you do from China, the engineered bamboo. Um, that's not very prevalent in um, India at all. Next slide. Uh, pet, pet products. Now, there's some amazing little toys and things there in the, in the photo. You can get a lot of pet beds, carry bags for dogs and different things. And you'll see at the top there, that's actually, they, they're resin bowls along on the top that are a very different product once again as well as there's a lot of wooden bowls a lot of bowls done on stands in that type of thing or all metal so they come in all different materials all their uh, products next slide please Megla so macrame now this is I think as having a resurgence I can't believe how popular the macrame is when we we're at the fair back in March there was a new stalls just doing lots and lots of macrame in all different designs, in wall hangings, all types of products, bags, a lot of macrame bags, a lot of hanging baskets and uh, all different things. So I think macrame, I thought, was on its way out, but it's obviously still very popular and in demand. So uh, or the suppliers wouldn't be having complete showrooms of just macrame products. Next stall. I also want to add over here that, you know, for macrame products, a lot of these products are made by uh, women in house in their houses in smaller villages. So if you are producing these kinds of products, there's also a story that you can add to your brand. You can take pictures of these women working and it's also, you know, empowering and giving livelihood to these women. So that adds more value to your brand. And that's a nice story that you can you know, weave around your brand to differentiate from all of the others. Yeah, and I think too, as well as the macrame, there's a, the women do a lot of weaving and with um, rattan and things like that. They make a lot of baskets and planters and things like that. So, yeah, the products are produced in those industrial sort of home type situations. There is quite a lot of different products come out. Now, furnishings, you can see there on the right, we've got some absolutely magnificent cushions and like. There are so many different looks. You get things with beading on them, 
all different satins. There's a lot of crocheted, a lot of even macrame made into cushions. So the amount of cushion covers are amazing. Down on the bottom right-hand side, that's an area rug made out of recycled fabric. That's made out of the PHE bottles, which is really different. Some fantastic bath mats of all different shapes and sizes and materials. And on the left, we have coir mats, which are made actually down south of in, in India. And they're made by, there's a company called Coco Tuft, and they're actually the one of the biggest suppliers of Koya mats Ikea. for Ikea. So, yeah, so I think um, you'll find that that's something that's different. And they actually do, like, drop ship them. If you wanted to set yourself up and have them shipped from India, they have a service where you can actually do that as well and they can be customised and sent out within a day or so. So that's something different if people want to get into, you know, not ordering a big stop supply. Go for it. Next one, okay. Mary. So that's the end of our presentation. And we just wanted to quickly talk a little bit about what we do in the Sourcing Network, and then we'll take on questions. So there are three ways uh, that we can help you source products from India. One is DIY sourcing. So uh, you can go to our website, indiasourcing.net, search for any suppliers or any products, and then contact any of the suppliers directly. There's no fee for using this service. All of the suppliers are manufacturers and exporters. And we have vetted them to make sure that they are legitimate companies and they're their own factories and that they, they are you know, exporters, they're export experienced. It's very important when you're sourcing from India to source from export experienced companies. Then we also have a done for you service in case you want us to source the product, uh, source any product for you. We can manage the entire sourcing process from beginning to end and um, we charge 10% of order value for this service. We've also tied up with a company called Expo Bazaar. And this, this is for buying in smaller quantities, you know, ready, ready products, ready to sell products that are stocked in the US. So if you are based in the US and you want to sell on Amazon, you can check out this um, website, expobazaar.com. Use the code EBISN5 for lifetime 5% off on all of the products. And you can buy very small quantities like, you know, two pieces, four pieces, 10 pieces of different products and sell them either on your own website or send to Amazon. There is, of course, no customization possible. I mean, you can send the products to a 3PL or maybe to your own home and then stick stickers on, on them if you want to. But there's no customization in terms of branding, you know, for these products. If you want customization, then use either the DIY sourcing option or the done for you sourcing option. And then lastly, we want to talk about India sourcing trip that we are so excited about. And I see that Christine is here as well. And Christine joined us for the October 2022 trip. And she's coming back on the next trip, which is happening 10 to the 17. And awesome. Christine, thank you so much for putting the dates in the chat That's over here. Great questions. That's great. Yeah. So real quick, Mike, we'll, we'll get to Q&A. So about India sourcing trip, this is an eight-day sourcing trip where we focus on three aspects. One is learning. So we help you learn all about sourcing from India. And we do that in, in a few ways. We have a full day conference where we invite various experts that specialize in you know, sourcing, logistics, quality control. And this time you've got some very interesting uh, sessions. And Christine, you'll be happy to know that we're not repeating any of the content that we did last year. So we've, for example, we've got um, a live workshop, a QC workshop that we're going to be doing and where we've invited a QC expert and they're going to actually show you how 
to inspect different products. You know, they're going to go step by step and say that, okay, this is a product. This is the first thing that you have to check. And, you know, how do we actually inspect products? So that's going to be very helpful in terms of, you know, managing quality control for you. There'll be a lot of panel discussions where you're going to be able to ask experts questions. And there will also be case studies of people who are already sourcing products from India that you can learn from. So there's this one day conference that is held. And then we also have invited a lot of different experts. Um, there are sourcing experts, e-commerce experts that are going to be traveling with the group, and they're going to be help, helping you, you know, identify products in case that is something that you need help with or anything else that you need help with. So if you go to the website, indiasourcingtrip.com, you can see the list of all of the different experts that are traveling with the group. I think there are about like 15 or so of them now. But we've got Mike Jackness, Dave Bryan from Ecom Crew. We've got Sean Hart. Uh, we've got Devir Cohen from Israel, who's been into e-commerce for the last 20 years. He's been sourcing from India for five years, and he will share his own learnings. And then we've got Ritu Java, who does PPC, and a lot of different sourcing and logistics experts. That's the learning part. Then the second part is, of course, oh, I should also mention we have mastermind sessions in the evening. So we go to the trade show in the mornings, and then the evenings we come back, and then we do some mastermind sessions too you know, help you process all of the information that you've gathered at the fair. And then, of course, the sourcing aspect of it. So we visit a trade show for three days. It's called the Delhi Fair. It's got about three and a half thousand exhibitors. And all of these exhibitors are export focused because the exhibition is organized by Export Promotion Council of Handicrafts. And, you know, beautiful products, really good variety. And oh my God, Daisy's here too. Daisy, yes, we're going to miss you. <laughs> Daisy was with us on the previous trip in 2022 and she was going to come this time, but unfortunately she had to cancel because of some issues. Okay. And then, so that's the sourcing bit of it. And then we also have, you know, sourcing. We also showcase some products at the conference. So in case you want to, you know, start sourcing even before you go to the fair, you can do that too. And then the third aspect is cultural experience. So India is, of course, a very, you know, it has a lot of history and culture. So we want you to experience that. We do a one day trip to Taj Mahal and we do Bollywood night. That is one of our very fun nights where we get to dress up in Indian attire and there's live music and a live dance troupe and, you know, everybody just dances and, and you can sort of let your hair down. So that's a very fun night and a, and a very unique experience as well. And then, you know, we manage everything from the time you set you, you set your foot out of the airport. So all you need to do is arrive at Delhi airport. And from there on, everything is taken care of for you, including airport transfers, transportation, food, SIM cards, all meals. We also have cocktails on some nights. And we stay in a five-star hotel, which is near the venue and, you know, very comfortable five-star hotel. Of course, they have a lovely breakfast buffet as well. So that's, you know, that's quite amazing. We put a lot of effort into selecting the, the, the food menu as well, because we want you to experience all of the different types of cuisines that are available in India. But at the same time, we don't want to overdo it. So, you know, too much curry <laughs> won't be too good for you as well. So we make sure that there's some different options available for everyone at all meals. So that's something that I really focus on. And then we also sponsor one underprivileged child for each person that joins the trip. So we pay for their, you know, education for a year. And I mean, not their entire education, but we, we donate $100 towards the education of one underprivileged child. And you can also visit the school that, you know, where we sponsor these kids. 
Mark, is there anything you want to add over here? We didn't do the additional factory out, did we? You didn't do the... Oh, yeah, I didn't do that. So we also <laughs> have additional factory visits. So from October 17th to 19th, we can either go to Jaipur, which is a city about four and a half, five hours from Delhi by road, where we're going to be visiting some uh, factories that do block printing, uh, jewelry, uh, small wooden items, and a couple of other things. And we can customize these factory visits for you. So if you say that, hey, I don't want to visit these factories, but I want to go somewhere else, we can arrange that for you as well. So you don't have to go with the entire group to the factories that we're going to. And then the other group is going to Muradabad. That's where all of the metal and wooden products are manufactured. So you can choose between the two cities that, you're go that you want to go to. I should also quickly mention that right before India Sourcing Trip, we are doing an e-commerce conference called Ecom India Summit. So if you just come in two days earlier, you can attend that conference for free. And it is basically we've invited a lot of experts from overseas and India as well to talk about how to sell globally online, specifically focused on Amazon and Shopify. And we also have Shopify and Amazon and eBay and PayPal who are going to be at the conference. So that's just a value addition that, um, uh, you know, that is available to you if you join India Sourcing Trip. So in terms of pricing, this is the pricing, 4500 for room sharing, 5000 for a single room in the hotel. And as I said, it includes everything. So you don't have to take out your wallet when you come to India, except for, of course, you know, if you want to buy gifts or room service, etc. And if you use the code GFA, there's a $300 discount. So you can get more information about the trip at indiasourcingtrip.com. And we look forward to seeing you in India. This is our group in October 2022. And Daisy and Christine are somewhere over here. <laughs> cool. Okay, so if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at info at indiasourcing.net as well. Great. Exciting. Okay, let me stop sharing. Cool. And Mike, we have to bring you to India now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I it. I've, I have bought from India a long time ago, honestly, metal, stainless steel for another brand I did really long okay. time. And uh, it was, ex yeah, it was an amazing experience, but yeah, I have still to go. It's on my, my list for sure. Yes. Let's make it happen next year. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We have two questions in the, in the Q and A tab. Actually, Christine asked, hi, every I could put on stage. Is shipping generally cheaper or more expensive than China? Mark, do you want to answer that? We just got some calls. Yeah, no, look, it's not really any more expensive than China. You'll find at the moment, I actually just got some updated rates today, and a full container, 40-foot container, is about $1,850 from Mumbai to New York. And LCL works out to, it depends, if you've got, say, 10 cubic metres, it's going to be, it's about, I think, $70 a cubic metre plus is about $700 in fees that go on top of that. So I think you'll find that it's very sort of competitive with China. And the time frame, for those who are wondering, it takes about 22 days from port to port. So, And you usually don't ship into California at all if you're shipping from India because we actually go up through the Panama Canal 
to New York, so it makes it you know much quicker. And then the other bonus is that, especially around Q4, when everyone from China is shipping into uh, California, uh, New York doesn't have quite as much congestion at the port. Um, you know, when people were waiting, you know, eight weeks to get containers unloaded, um, ours were still going through very quickly. So I think you find that it, it's not much different than sort of shipping from China. And we do also have now a small shipment service. So if you've just got one or two cubic metres, we have um, a sort of consolidated shipment service that we're starting up that will go direct from sort of Mumbai to New York and you can just send one cubic metre and it's not going to have the cost of doing LCL attached to it because it's all consolidated. So that works out very cheap. If you're doing under about four cubic metres, that is the way to go instead of doing LCL. Okay. Wow, a lot of a lot of exciting info with that. This consolidated service sounds great too. Okay, second and final question is India. I think you answered at Megalab, but this came in before. But I I think you actually said you can get like a hundred piece MOQ on certain products, right? Um, which is usually yes. less in China. Yes, definitely. And this is of course for certain categories. So, for example, handcrafted, handmade products, metal, wooden leather i mean most products that amazon e-commerce sellers would source the moqs are pretty low higher moqs would be on things like you know customized textiles for example if you wanted to customize prints on specific textiles then that would be you know three thousand meters or something like that um yeah if you want to do for example some plastic injection um parts i mean there are some plastic injection you know, factories in India as well, although China is generally considered better and more competitive for plastic injection. But for those, you know, the MOQs might be higher. If you're doing certain types of toys, for example, that again require customized fabrics, you know, that's that's going to be more expensive. If you're using general fabrics that are available in the market, general prints, then the MOQs are typically lower. But things like metal, wood, leather, glass, ceramic, the MOQs are pretty low and they are very, very small business friendly. And a lot of the suppliers in India are actually family owned. So that's another thing that, you know, we like. And in China, we find that a lot of the suppliers are very transactional and they're like, okay, here's my money, you know, here's, give me the money. And that's the end of it. Of course, Guanxi and all of that is very important. But in India, relationships are even more important. And I think Marg will tell you that her supplier they're a family-owned business as well. And Mark, tell them about how you went to their house for dinner. Yes, look, I think, well, I actually met them in Hong Kong and we, we just sort of got to started talking and, like, you just know you can trust them and they were just lovely people. And then they said, oh, you've got to come over to the factory and visit us. And so we actually went over to India and went to Moradabad and they sort of took us to their home for dinner every night and picked us up for lunch and treated us like royalty and then took us up to the third floor of their magnificent home and said, next time you come back, you're not ever staying in a hotel. Here's your apartment. When you come back, you've got to stay with us. So I think, you know, that's really good. But something I'll add on to this um, small MOQ is I find the MOV works well, and that's how I started because when I met the suppliers, I was like a kid in a candy store. I walked past this stall and I went, oh, I've never seen products like this in my life. And I was just amazed. And I'm sort of going, oh, I don't know which to have, this, this or this. And they said, look, if you spend $8,000 with us, you can take, you know, eight different products. So I actually started off 
doing like, I suppose, a test of all the different products that I liked. I, I picked out eight and I could just get, you know, a few like hundred of each of those with that to test the market. And funnily enough, I've still got those same products and I've added a couple to my range. So I didn't end up doing a test because I found because I was using the same material and the same look, even though they're all different products, I've been able to some sell better than others, obviously, but then people will buy two or three of, the, of that range. So I quite often sell and I think even today I had two sales and one person bought three and one person bought two of my products. So that way you can sort of sell yourself without having to pay for so much PPC because people will buy, you know, an extra couple of products. So I think that that is something really good. And, I mean, you'd never do that in China. I know, you know, when we were working with China, it had to be, you know, a 1,000 pieces and 2,000 boxes. And I've still got boxes in China eight years later that I never used because they made me produce all these boxes where, I mean, I can just produce a small, even my packaging now that I've got, once you get the relationship with the supplier, they will do, you know, just 200 of each different size packaging and it's all customised and I have my brand on it and everything. So I think they're the advantages of of using India is that they're a lot more accommodating and they will work with you because they want you to be successful. It's not like it's just a transaction. I think in China you hit the button, yeah, if they get your business, they get it, you know, too bad, the next man's knocking on the door. Whereas I think India want to really um, work with you and develop with you. And I think that's um, something that you've got to impress on them that, you know, you want to scale and grow and work with them and then at that point you can go back and get better pricing once you've sort of done your first order and you know where you're going um, is the time to negotiate with um, the Indian suppliers. And there's, because I speak English and you can jump on a Zoom call, um, you know, they use WhatsApp, it's a lot easier to deal with them um, than trying to deal with Chinese suppliers. Great. Thank you for all that. Uh, Diane's looking at a little question um, in the chat, but I'll pop it up here. How about shipping logistics management and QC from India? Seems maybe she's heard or had a bad experience. So in terms of logistics and logistics, uh, shipping and logistics management, it's always best to work with you know a, a freight provider. Like in China, a lot of times the supplier themselves would manage the shipping for you. But in India, we don't recommend that. I mean, find a reliable, you know, freight forwarder. And we do have one in our network that we recommend. And we've been working with them for, what, four years now. And we haven't had, you know, any issues as such. They're very responsive. They're very efficient. And they're also very, they're also customs brokers in the U.S. So that's an advantage. They, you know, ship the product from India. They manage all of the logistics and everything. And they, they can also clear customs in the US. So you've got to find the right freight folder and they also understand FBA. That's important. So if you are shipping to FBA directly, not all freight forwarders will understand that. So, you know, it's important to vet your freight folder as well, just as you vet your suppliers. Now, in terms of quality and QC, so there are good suppliers and there are bad suppliers everywhere. And I feel that you just need to find the supplier that's right for you. You need to understand their capabilities and their, um, you know, what they are able to achieve. And sometimes what happens in India and China as well in Asia, suppliers would generally say that, yes, we can do it. Yes, we can do it. Not a problem. We can do it because they do want to try to do it. They want to please you and they want to get your business. But to some extent, you know, that's that's a cultural thing. We can't change that. It happens in China too and, and in India as well. So you've got to try and determine if the supplier is actually capable of producing the product that you're 
you know, really looking for. Ask them questions about what types of products they have done. Have they done anything similar in the past? What types of buyers do they have? What types of machinery do they have? Where do they source their raw materials or, you know, their components from? And all of that will give you an idea of whether or not they'll be able to produce the product that you have. And again, I said there, as I said, there are suppliers that focus on the domestic market because the domestic market is huge. There are 1.4 billion people in India. So there's a lot of demand for products here. And so there are hundreds and thousands of suppliers that produce for the domestic market, but they have no idea about exports. They don't even have, even have export licenses. They don't know what types of you know, quality requirements there are for export markets. So you've got to find the right supplier and source from export experienced companies. Usually when you do a search in Google, one of the websites that will come up is India Mart. And so we always tell people to avoid India Mart because most of the suppliers on that website are domestic focused. Even the prices are in Indian rupees. So go to a website like you know ours, indiasourcing.net or Alibaba or Global Sources. Those are export focused websites. Even on Alibaba and Global Sources, there may be trading companies or middlemen that are you know, listed on those websites. We avoid middlemen where we have only manufacturers. So Diane, I'm not sure what your experience has been, and I'd be happy to talk about this you know, in person after the webinar if you want to reach out. And uh, you know, if you have sourced in the past, we can maybe help you, you know, source again if, if that's something that you're interested in, and we can manage the sourcing process for you, and hopefully you'll, you'll be able to change your mind. Yeah, Diane's great. She's been in our. Sorry, a bit dark here. I'm turning on the light. I think, uh, you know, I think we're at the hour mark. I think we're, you know, I think we covered most of the questions. Um, and this is this is really great. I do got some another person in chat. Uh, not he couldn't make it. He's asking about lint rollers. <laughs> I don't know. He has, to, has to go to the fair, but taking off hair off here. Yeah. No, I think that's the China product. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's more China. You'll get better prices and better because it's all plastic injection and, and everything. Yeah, that's China. Okay. <laughs> or maybe Vietnam. Like we also source in Vietnam. We could yeah. But then Vietnam's M the MLQs are higher in Vietnam, such products. Okay. Sure, I'll talk to you after. Okay, so in India, indiasourcingtrip.com. Yeah, definitely take advantage of that. And there's a little coupon for everybody here. GFA and it's I'm glad we had made this happen. Thank you, Megla and uh, Mark. Mark, thanks. Really great to connect with you. It's a pleasure, and uh, October will be really exciting. Looking forward to it. We're yeah. counting down. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the countdown has begun. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike, and I look forward to you know hopefully having you in India next year. Yeah, we look forward to it. And thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com Online Bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for U.S. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalfamasia.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people I use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there thank you megla for sharing mark it was great to meet you yeah we had a nice little live webinar and i thought as always why not make this some content for the podcast 410 shows and <laughs> 
I'm walking in downtown KL, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. There's actually a lot of Indians here. It's a very Indian influence. I had so much hot, spicy curry for uh, lunch the other day. So, definitely take up offer from Megla. There's also the GFA coupon code. We'll get a little commission, of course, but you also save some money. If you make it out to India sourcing trip, I mean, I've heard great things over the years. She's been doing this for a long time. It's great to see Megla and that community grow. India still seems like a very viable option as an alternative to mainland China. Um, and uh, also Megla will be a speaker at Cross Border Summit. She'll be coming to Thailand in November. She's also sharing a bit there about India and sourcing. We got really a global lineup at Cross Border Summit. We have her, we have people from Japan, from of course Southeast Asia, China, all over the US, Europe, Danny from the UK, Mike Hartman, others from Europe. So it's gonna be an epic time. So much stuff, you know, I feel like COVID's finally, finally gone. We can finally plan events and meetings and gatherings. So here's a great view if you're watching this. And yeah, I'm gonna head into the last day. I'll be at the Nomad Capitalist Live, Andrew Henderson. He was on the podcast recently, had a live webinar with him too, just like Megla. But this is what it's about, building communities, helping other communities, connecting, networking, sharing. And I think I'm about to get some breakfast. So episode 410, Global From Asia, India Sourcing with Megla. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks as always for listening or watching. And let's just keep pushing our limits to making things happen. See you later. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.